You're listening to Spotlight on Business on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Once again, here's your host, Laura Smith. Welcome back. Good to be with you. Spotlight on Business. I'm Laura Smith, along with the great Nick Weiss of REMAX Results. He's also the president of the Board of Realtors for Elkhart County. He's also uh, sort of a liaison, or I should say somebody who goes to Washington with Rudy Ockham um, to help apprise them of everything that's going on in the state of Indiana. I mean, you really, um, you're, you're a broker, and that's your main business, but you also have other layers of your talents and uh, career that you are doing here that really puts you in a different perspective in terms of, of what you see going on nationwide and everything. So I think you're able to educate your your buyers, your home buyers and your home sellers. So you do have a whole other layer of things going on. Let's just ask you off the top of your head, um, you usually give us a, a monthly cap of what a recap of what's going on in in the area specifically for us obviously this you know this is in the the area that you're expert you have lagrange county elkhart county and a, a little bit of st joseph county too yeah yeah actually a pretty good chunk of st joe i lived over here for a while and so i've still got a lot of connections uh, just had a closing over here last week actually over in st joe with a good good friend who's uh, moved to this area um, so yeah, I do cover all three and, and I do get to do a lot of the, the civic engagement, just like we talked about, probably cause I'm a homeowner. I have a little extra time and involvement in those kinds of things. I definitely want, uh, my community to succeed. And part of that is, is corresponding with Congressman Yakum, uh, who's going to be out here actually. And we're going to have a chance to meet with him next week. So I'm really excited about that. Um, that is a busy, busy man, uh, and for good things and good reasons. Mm-hmm. So we're excited to get his ear for a little bit and, uh, and also to have him hear, you know, some of the things that we see going on in the market. Um, one of those would be mortgage rates and, and, you know, now it's, it's getting to be a little bit, uh, Interesting that we really thought we were going to see mortgage rates start to trickle back, and now that that attitude has changed a little bit. I, I don't see it happening as quickly as we had hoped it would. Uh, in fact, just a couple of weeks ago, we had mortgage rates bump up and almost hit seven percent. You know, I thought we were done with that, and I thought we were going to keep moving down and get closer to that four and a half percent. That's what our national economic advisors are we're predicting as well. And now I think we're all a little bit frustrated with the Federal Reserve's policy, um, their monetary policies right now, and they're they're maintaining these higher interest rates and talking about possibly bumping rates up again. So if you're kind of on the fence right now and you're thinking, do we buy, do we not buy, do we wait for rates to go down? Um, I'd go ahead and make that purchase now. Again, just, just with that thought in mind that rates are probably not going to come down as quickly as we could. You can are they going to go up? Well, they're saying that they're probably going to, which, you know, it's all supposed to be to combat inflation, which was 9.1% a year ago. It's now getting down a lot closer to that 3% annualized rate that we are pretty comfortable with. So myself and, and Lawrence John and a lot of other folks, you know, who, who have their pulse on this thing are, are, I guess we're kind of throwing our hands in the air a little bit and going like, what, why, you know, why are we still doing this? Why are we still from a federal perspective being so aggressive with our rates, maybe a little bit of softening is necessary actually at this point, a little bit of a pullback of the rates. With inflation under control, it's, it is confusing as to why they're trying to do this. And one of the, the primary factors that we are experiencing today with difficulty in the market is the low inventory. You know, I, I know when I was you know, on your show eight months ago, we were talking about that and that we thought it was getting better. We were seeing you know, our days on market as kind of our key indicator of, of that. Homes were on the market for over a month, and that's normal. You know, I know folks that are listening that have their home on the market. It's been on the market for two weeks, and you're freaking out. Please don't. 
that's normal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's actually normal to be on the market for about two months in a traditional market. Really? Um, yeah. And so now we are back to 19 days, um, about half of what it was just a few months ago. You know, when we were, we were at that 38 days on market, now we're at 19 days on market. So we've got the situation where buyers are back and they're clamoring for houses and they're buying them rather quickly. Uh, yeah, again, it causing some frustrations for folks who bought maybe just two, three, four, five years ago, and they've got a fantastic rate, and they'd like to make a move upward, but now they're kind of stuck. If they want their mortgage to be the same as far as their monthly payments to be the same, they're going to have to make either a lateral movement or a movement down in the, the size and the scope of the home that they're buying. So it's, it's really frustrating for a lot of people who would like to do that and feel like they can't right now. The sellers feel like they're trapped, and so they stay and they don't put their home on the market, and inventory remains low, and our pool of buyers are cont continually frustrated. They're looking for a home. you got 20 people that are looking for a three-bed, two-bath home, and it's probably more than 20. But as an example, you got those 20 people looking. One of them gets it when it goes on the market, and the other 19 pull back, and they wait for the next one. And mm -hmm. it comes, and they all hurry, and they, they, you know, they try and get into that one. So we're back to seeing those, those frustrating moments for our, for our clients right now. And and again, I think the way to ease that is probably to let interest rates pull back a little bit to make it easier for people to make these movements and to, to sell their home and to get into the, the bigger, the larger, the better amenity home that they're looking for. What, what are some of the key factors that people are looking for in buying? Is it school district? Is it a neighborhood? Is it um, proximity to work? Like what are, what are people looking for these days? Besides probably. the three-bedroom, two-bath, like you just said. <laughs> the magical three-bed, two-bath, yeah. Um, primarily what they're wanting to do is get into a school district if they're of a certain age, or as you mentioned, getting close to work. Those are the things that I hear over and over again, like, hey, we've got a 45-minute job, you know, or a commute to our job right now because we've changed jobs, and uh, boy, that's not working out for us. We know winter is going to come eventually. It doesn't feel like it uh, lately because it's, you know, rather warm out. But, um, you know, those months are coming and that's always in people's minds of what's it going to be like when I have to drive 45 minutes to work on an icy road. So they want to be closer. That's, that's very, very important to everybody. Um, and then, like you mentioned, school district is, is primary. And I know in South Bend, they've had a lot of upheaval in their school districts. So that's probably even more poignant to folks uh, in the St. Joe area right now as well, without getting too far into that. Um, yeah, primarily drivers are those. And then they are. I mean, I think the educated home buyer is looking for a home in an area that's going to appreciate in value quicker, you know, and work toward building that wealth for themselves. And what would that be? Mm -hmm. What would what would be an area, district, or neighborhood that would be so called deemed appreciative in value? Like what what yeah. what makes a, a neighborhood? Well, I think primarily the the driver of that it is jobs, but even more so, it seems to be school district. You know, it, it's one of those things that I've seen in my career. If somebody grows up in Jimtown, they went to Jimtown High School, maybe they moved away and they're coming back and now their kids are of school age, they're going to want to get back into Jimtown and they're going to pay a premium to do that. Um, Northridge Schools in Middlebury would be another one like that. Uh, very much Penn, it, you know, in, in Granger is like that, you know, where people look at that and say there's a lot of opportunities here at Penn. Maybe there's there's the right, you know, compromisation of, of different things that are offered to the students at Penn. They, they really have so many different things. And then again, if you have a child that's really involved in, in certain arts, um, you know, like Goshen High School has tremendous arts programs, especially in their music and choral departments. They have things that other schools in this area don't. 
Um, Elkhart schools, who I think a lot of people don't realize this, and they think Elkhart schools, we don't want our kids there. They have incredible AP programs. So it's really tailored to each individual person what they want for their kid. Um, but that is the primary driver as far as we see so many people that say, hey, we want to get into this school district. And they're willing to pay those premiums to do so. So even when the markets pull back in those, in those more desirable school districts, they often kind of just taper and they'll kind of go sideways, and then when the market picks up again, they take off at a faster and accelerated rate than some of the other districts would. Is there such a thing as someone saying, okay, here's a neighborhood, it's kind of close to the schools I want, but the street itself, like maybe the, every house is a little bit dilapidated or something, is it, is it ever a good idea to take a chance on, a, on a, being the first one in to, to be refurbishing your home and have it look nice, and then hopefully there's a trickle effect and it starts happening. I, I don't know why, but I am always interested in when I see these neighborhoods of these old houses that are historical, they've, they've fallen to disrepair and things like that. But I'm wondering if there's one or two people that go in and go, you know what, this is really a beautiful area. It's close to where I work. Is it worth buying into a place that doesn't look as though it's had all the upgrades that other neighborhoods have had? Yeah, I think it's absolutely worth looking at those things. Uh, for, for just one example, once those homes start to be fixed up and home ownership increases in an area, the values of those homes are going to appreciate faster than they would in a traditional area that's you know a, a neighborhood, a, a subdivision, and things like that. Uh, traditionally speaking, if you can take a blighted area and turn it into an area with, with a large percentage of home ownership, absolutely. I mean, I have seen houses go from $10,000 to $180,000 in a matter of my career, and I've only been doing this 12 years. Wow. So absolutely, there's opportunities out there. And maybe I'll have a little update for us um, when I come on next time after meeting with Congressman Yakum, because that is one of the things that we want to discuss is some of the the bills and the legislation that's that's currently being introduced in the Senate and in Congress that's going to go exactly toward that purpose of increasing homeownership in blighted areas. Wonderful. It's so fascinating. I think that's why people love uh, the HGTV channel and everything. You know, real estate and, and homeownership and it's just all of it is just everybody, I think, has a dream in their heart, at least in this country, to own their own home and uh, to be able to do what they can with their with it. And uh, they need somebody like you, Nick Wise, to help them with the process. It, oh, it, that's what makes all the difference in the world. Let me tell you, you need a good one. You need a good broker. You need someone who knows what's going on in the world of real estate. So Nick Wise of Remax Results, give us your website one more time. People can find you're so accessible. You're so kind. People email you, they text you, and you always get back to them. What's what's a good place to reach yeah. you? Just had an email from one of your listeners actually yesterday that I got to respond to, and I love doing that. Please do reach out to me. That's what I'm here for. That's why I'm on the show. So, yeah, you can find me on the web at nickwise.com, which is N-I-C-W-Y-S-E.com. Love it. See you next month, and uh, we'll have more great information for you. Hopefully you enjoyed this hour. The podcast is available as well at 953mnc.com. I'm Laura Smith. Have a great week. If you missed any part of today's show, log on to 953mnc.com and look for the Spotlight on Business podcast. Be sure to tune in again next Sunday afternoon at 4.30 for Spotlight on Business on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station.